One more time. One more time. Yep. Got it. Okay. There, there we, we go. go. I was shooting a behind the scenes thing for another project that I did and I had my, my setup changed. Look at you, Joe, being such a professional cinematographer, audio engineer in one. Yep, that's me. He's a <laughs> double band. band. <laughs> You're Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. That's right. Doesn't look cool, but it sounds great. <laughs> I don't know. Dick Van Dyke was pretty cool in Mary Poppins. <laughs> I would, I could say before Jake Gyllenhaal, he was maybe my first crush. Just the Mary Poppins Dick Van Dyke. Bert, so bad yeah. English accent and all, unconvincing. Yes, that really terrible Cockney accent. <laughs> Wait, is this Dick Van Dyke Bert or is this old man running the bank Dick Van Dyke? Which one was your crush? Bert, Bert, not the old man. Because I didn't even realize that he was the old I mean, man until was... I was 13. The old man would make sense. It would, it would explain no, a lot of things. No, because that's me. I am the old man, Johnny. <laughs> I know. But I mean, you have to be attracted to yourself at some point. I mean, you know. This is why couples often gotta, look alike. I'm still working on being attracted to myself, so well, we, got, we got a long way away. <laughs> maybe you got to channel that inner old man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's All you got to do is imagine Dick... Just imagine... No, Dick no, and I no. cobbling around on the cake. <laughs> no. Say, you know, no. just imagine that, you know... The old man inside you is no, Dick Van Dyke. No, Just no. imagine Dick Van Dyke Johnny, inside you. Johnny, stop. Stop it. old man inside a baby. <laughs> no, we're not going there. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. The, the nostalgia effect of the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. Everyone's here. Me, got Johnny, and we got Joe. Hello. Hello. And we're getting off to an amazing start, you guys. <laughs> yes, Just, yes Just the most wonderful start. Classic you might say. <laughs> so going from dirty old man discussion to talking about a childhood, a child's movie, is that a great transition? No, no. probably not. Uh-uh. Terrible. Truly um, terrible. A couple months ago, or was it weeks? I don't know. Time is irrelevant anymore. They Disney released a teaser trailer for the new Buzz Lightyear movie, Lightyear, starring Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. The eponymous character. <laughs> and they finally... You and your big words. ...released a full trailer for it the other day. Mm -hmm. And we all have some thoughts, I think. At least Joe and I do. I don't know, Johnny, you never said anything. So. I, don't, I don't have thoughts, ever. It's okay. easier that way. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's easier for everybody. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but my first thought at the top is Chris Evans does a really great Tim Allen impression. And I thought it sounded more like Tim Allen doing a Captain America impression. It felt deeper than Ooh. a Captain America though. I don't know. But did he Captain go America sounds uh, I can't deep. I can't do the I can't do the Tim the That is Tim America's Allen. ass. He needs uh, to say that. <laughs> well, see, I, I I thought it was great. I was I've been excited about it since the the teaser, mm -hmm. and it's it's moody and beautiful, and um, it has I think a lot of DNA in common with First Man, which I really quite liked, and mm -hmm. you know, right stuff, and you know, all all these great films. But especially, it feels like they wanted they they basically watched First Man and they're like, okay, let's make a Captain America Buzz Lightyear movie. Uh, in the style of First Man. I wasn't too fond of First Man. Mm. What was First Man again? That's the that was Ryan the Ryan Gosling. He was uh, Neil Armstrong. Yeah, Apollo 11. Oh, movie. that's right. That came out a couple years ago, huh? I totally yeah. forgot that was even a thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I think... And then there was the one... Was that a Ryan Gosling movie too where he goes into space and his dad is like Tommy Lee Jones that's in Brad space? That's Brad Pitt. That's Ad Astra, which it's I also quite liked. I, I wasn't fond of that either. <laughs> and neither of them are interstellar. 
So no, but I love Interstellar. I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> I accidentally have two copies of Interstellar, one on DVD, one on Blu-ray. I mean, just in case, you know, you got to be prepared. <laughs> I got to be prepared. What if I don't have a Blu-ray player? I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta be able to watch it. What if something terrible happens and we all have to go back to standard definition televisions? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ready for the for the burn. <laughs> but anyways, this Lightyear trailer is very fun. It, it is kind of like First Man mixed with maybe a little bit of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which was a great cartoon series. If I, I loved that it. show, yeah. I really like Johnny and I talked about this when we did. We talked about the teaser trailer. I really want them to put Buzz Lightyear of Star Command on Disney Plus. Is it not? petition? It's not. Huh? That's odd. Well, there's some things that are that are not there for various reasons. I think a lot of times anything, anytime anything doesn't make sense. It's legal. Yeah. There must be some reason. Maybe there's God elements. damn lawyers. Yeah, like maybe there's elements that are are everything. not cleared to to be like rebroadcasted for streaming rights yeah. or something. No. Maybe maybe even just the deal with Tad Stones who created that show does not include streaming only mm. broadcast maybe they just don't have the masters uh, <laughs> I mean. that could be a thing well they have like the original little mermaid series up on there they have the original aladdin series up on there yeah i used to work at technicolor and one of our chief jobs was to encode old masters to prores for the disney archives and they had literally everything and what we were encoding was not for any sort of home media project mm-hmm. it was just for them to have a digital backup it's just like archiving yeah interesting i take that back they don't have the aladdin tv series on disney plus i'm sorry i got my hopes up disney is uh shall we say militant about archival oh yeah they've always been very even walt was very he wanted to make sure things were archived yeah but i so i would i would assume it's 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 something to do with stupid lawyers fair mm-hmm. enough but it's a great fair show enough. um and basically johnny if you haven't seen it the mm-hmm. premise is it's the I, I think it's essentially the tv show that buzz lightyear the buzz lightyear toys are based off of. mm-hmm. so it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah what... because i think you can um i think it's in toy story 2 rex's watch no he's playing a video game mm-hmm. that's based mm-hmm. on the tv show i think right. and you can kind of hear glimpses of it in the background the dad in sid's house and the first one is watching a commercial for it but also i think it's for the toy anyways, i think it's but... for the toy but yeah it's it's essentially the the adventures of buzz lightyear not as a toy but as a real space ranger mm-hmm. whereas the movie is the adventures of buzz lightyear as a real man yes not a space yeah. ranger or toy think... joe at one point you had said you had a theory that the buzz lightyear in lightyear is the person that the toy in the tv show is based off of like yeah. canonically within pixar yeah i i think it's kind of i think it sort of goes it can go both ways or you can say that there was the cartoon series buzz lightyear which in universe of of toy story influenced the creation of the toy and then this movie lightyear is the gritty reboot of the toys of the of the cartoon series for the, a new generation essentially mm-hmm. within within the universe yeah. maybe a 20 something year old graduate college graduate andy is going to go see lightyear in theaters and remember how much he loved the cartoon series he watched growing up. Well, Joe, I don't mean to correct you because I know, Joe, you're an all-knowing being, but 
Andy was, he's like going to be 30. Yeah. When this movie he's comes out. He's a college graduate. Maybe he went to medical school though. You don't know. Maybe he was <laughs> in there for a while. Maybe he got into like hookers and blow and it took a long time to finish college. Maybe he went backpacking across Europe and took like a couple years off. That's a quintessential Pixar storyline. <laughs> Both of those. Both the hookers and the backpacking through Europe and living in hostels. <laughs> but we went too far with the blow. Yeah. <laughs> but Johnny yeah. Is, is taking his head in disapproval, listener. He's deeply upset where this has gone. I'm deeply ashamed. <laughs> All right. Because he wishes that he lived Andy's life. Oh, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Johnny's, Johnny's had his fill. Yeah. No. He said as he um, this his movie. Nose. All right. Uh, this movie looks. It looks good. It looks better than I'd give it any credit to mm -hmm. be. Yeah. I mean, just because, like, the whole concept of having like a it just doesn't work i mean in my mind i'm still not connecting um the, the whole it's based off of this the toy is based off of this character or this person that it was an actual person but like everything is like futuristic in this yeah world I, oh i don't think and... it's it's based off of an actual person in universe i think this is this is a franch an entertainment franchise in the universe y yeah like like buzz lightyear mm -hmm. is still, a sci-fi character in andy's so world. i think yeah the best That's way just, i could probably explain this is so we have the original texas chainsaw massacre movies or the original halloween movies and then in like the mid 20 mid 2000s they get this gritty reboot from rob zombie so this is buzz That's lightyear as made maybe by the rob best zombie. way i can compare it one to one with a completely no, different genre make any sense <laughs> no. yeah it made no sense I, so, uh, no, you helped me understand it even less you actually made well, me okay. more confused <laughs> okay pretend that texas no, chainsaw no. massacre let's, or just, the let's, just, let's halloween... just get no 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 let's just get past it let's move on let's power through some <laughs> uh well i was just gonna say that basically andy in universe grew up watching the cartoon series this is now a movie based on that cartoon series in the universe okay yes uh, it's got a, it's got it's got a robot cat and I'm here for the robot cat. Adorable yes, robot Yes, Socks. Cat. Socks. Socks is such a good name for a cat. I fucking love that name for a cat. It looks like a great action adventure. I also am a big David Bowie fan. And, yes. Oh uh, my god, I had I had Starman Star stuck in my head mm -hmm. all day yesterday. So good. I did like that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm excited for this film. Socks did remind me of the Flurkin from Captain Marvel. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I got... Yeah, they have similar, like, color. Yeah. Especially... Yeah. Well, because you have... Uh, do you have the Funko Pop of it? Maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah, it's at my desk at work, okay. but I'm, in the office yeah, that I haven't yeah. seen in two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Socks isn't stripy, but the Flurkin is stripy. Mm -hmm. But I'm very excited for this. I can't wait. I think it's coming out in May... I thought it was uh, no, like dead June. summer, like yeah, June or July. June like or that. July, yeah. It's weird to have. I don't know why I'm just thinking about this. Like movies coming. I know movies have been coming out, but I'm just like, hopefully, movies will. There'll be big blockbusters coming out in summer. I'm like, yeah, shit. No more delays. Yeah. No more. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to see if this actually goes through and happens. I, I think it will. I think our society and economy has basically decided, regardless of what's going on with our major health crisis, that life will proceed as normal. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I have a little theory. Um, this is a kind of a new, maybe, segment that we can do occasionally. I've been rereading Harry Potter all the way through for the first time in probably a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Normally, I'll just read a book and read one of them and maybe read a different one out of order but I've been reading them in order and I'm halfway through the third one but 
while I was reading the first one, I realized something that has always kind of bothered me and I never really thought about it. So I want to get your guys' thoughts and see if you ever noticed this. In the sixth book, they talk about how Voldemort comes to, well, he's still Tom, I guess then, but he comes to Dumbledore asking for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position so he can stay in the castle and get his Horcruxes mm -hmm. from Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. But when Dumbledore turns him down because he kind of has an idea of what he's trying to do, Voldemort puts a jinx on the job of Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah. And so every teacher from that point on, and I think Voldemort's Tom's about 20 or so in this time, mm -hmm. and every teacher since then only stays for a year. Right. But in the first book, everyone seems to know who Professor Quirrell is before he starts the job, like he has been teaching there before. He was teaching there, and then over the summer he went somewhere Voldemort took him over like and then because he comes back yeah yeah because he comes back with the turban yeah and I guess when Harry meets him at the three brooms or not the three broomsticks at the Leaky like Cauldron. in Leaky Cauldron yeah he doesn't have the turban none of the other students they say he got the turban he didn't have it the previous year so mm. is there really a jinx or did the jinx just start when Voldemort took over Quirrell's body. And it's been bothering me since I started reading these books like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we have enough information, ultimately. We don't know. Yeah. Well, because the, we don't know that he actually... That's like the... Because the, cause in the first one, don't they say that the, 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 the position is cursed? No. They say in the third one, before Professor Lupin starts, that everyone's like, oh, they say the job is jinxed. Mm -hmm. because yeah. uh, when they first meet Lupin in the compartment when he's sleeping and Hermione's like, or Ron's like, who do you think he's, what subject do you think he's going to be teaching? And Hermione says, obviously it's defense against the dark arts. Everyone says the job is jinx. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's like a rumor thing, right? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not actually confirmed but they, that he, he does. I have, I have not in the sixth book yet, but from what I remember, there is the pensive scene where it's a Dumbledore's memory and he is talking to Tom when he's asking when Tom is asking to take the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher position. And I think after that, if my memory is serving me correctly, which we all know how great my memory is, uh, Dumbledore yeah, says like, that is when... Idea. Tom curses the position. I don't think, I see, I don't remember that part at all. I remember the kids talking about the position being cursed, and I do remember that he does go into the pensive and he does see that memory of him. But I think, if I recall, if I recall correctly, that was um, what sort of gave Harry the idea of the Horcruxes being connected to the school, mm -hmm. right? I don't think Dumbledore actually says that the position is actually cursed. I always thought that that was, that was a rumor with the kids between like the mm -hmm. people you know, the staff. I mean, not the staff, the kids. So I'm fully cheating here because it's been a little while since I've read book six specifically. Yeah, it's been a couple years for me too. I think it's been like two or three years since I've read it. So I looked it up and the internet says that uh, Dumbledore explained that Voldemort had cursed the position. Boom, Johnny! Who's right this time? <laughs> Look at that. But also, I think Dumbledore says after that memory, Tom also used going to Dumbledore asking for that position as an excuse to plant the diadem in the Room of Requirement. So I think that's the only other time he would have been able to get the diadem mm. into the room. Mm-hmm. 
because he never goes back to the school after that and it's been in there for years it also says somebody here says that uh jk rowling definitely confirmed that it was jinxed but the person who says that says that they don't explicitly remember it being said so as much in the books i don't know but it's still going because amy's right it's still canon isn't core i mean yeah but coral was the teacher for a couple of years ah yeah here, that's what it seemed like here's 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 the um here's the direct quote apparently oh he definitely wanted the defense against the dark arts job the aftermath of our little meeting proved that you see we've not been able to keep the defense against the dark arts professor for more than a year since i refused to post lord voldemort so so maybe coral was a different he was maybe a substitute teacher or, or another like professor grubbly plank is for the care magical creatures class yeah just just another position Maybe. Like an adjunct professor or yeah. something. Uh, it sounds like Voldemort drew the line between those things, but nobody knows how a position could have been cursed. But it seems like Dumbledore mm -hmm. drew the line that ever since I refused him, we haven't been able to keep one. So something must have happened. So this proves one thing and one thing only that I have a terrible memory, but my memory is good when it comes to Harry Potter. <laughs> Even if I don't think it is. <laughs> so there you are. We solved the mystery. Well, there we go. That was our first fan theory deep dive. That was fun. So today is actually Valentine's Day that this is coming out. So uh, the, happy uh, worst day in the world. declaration of quote unquote love on social media day. Yes. You guys are just haters, bro. <laughs> I hate See, Valentine's Day. Johnny I've loves hated love. Valentine's Day since I'm I was just... like 12. I mean, you, there's all that. I love the day after Valentine's Day. Okay, that's when a all that day. candy goes on sale. Hell yeah. That's, that's a shopping my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> so to celebrate that, But in Johnny, the spirit of Valentine's Day. In the spirit of Valentine's Day. Valentine's? Of, of Val I think it's Valentine's. It's apostrophe S. He possesses. I know. St. Valentine possesses the day. He owns the day. There you go. It's his day. It's yeah. his day. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Nice. Yeah, I prefer that. Let's let's have a St. Valentine's Day <laughs> Massacre. Oh my God. The heat in LA is getting to me. It is 80 it's degrees right up. now. Because mm -hmm. it's getting sexy weather. Getting hot. <laughs> yeah. Because it's getting ready for Valentine's Day. VD Day. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? V? Okay, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> VD stands for venereal disease. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't get it, Amy. Yes, no, I got In it. In case you didn't get the venereal disease. <laughs> Probably something Amy still prefers over Valentine's Day. Uh, sure, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> She's like, mm, no. With no, Valentine's no. Day, I'd at least get candy. Yeah. And not be, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but... you could get VD on Valentine's Day. Oh my god, this is going back to the beginning of this. Oh god, let's. It is, it is Valentine's Facts. Day. So Johnny wanted to do a rom-com for Valentine's Day. And he picked, I don't know, is this one of your favorite rom-coms about did time? I, did I pick this? I don't remember. Yes. I literally don't Last remember year, having this I have it on. It's... I have it on the list as you oh. picking it for wow. Valentine's Day. So I was like, perfect. Yeah. This episode's coming out on Valentine's Day. We're doing I about do time I do really like Valentine's this movie, Day. About Time. And it's about time. It is about time that um, we did about time. Yes. Yeah, really. But yes, this is, this is, I guess you could call it a rom-com. It's by uh, Richard Curtis, yep. who did, we've done, we've done previously on the show with uh, Love Actually. Yes, and I love Richard mm -hmm. Curtis. I think the listener probably yes. knows this. Uh, we, I, I think me and you, Amy, did not, care for love no. actually no you didn't and you're both wrong yes yes but that's fine. no i mean i still I, st I stick by I it i stand by but it. i i i do really like 
this movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, so it might not hold up to scrutiny. But when did this movie come out? Now that I gotta think about it. Came it came out in 2013. This movie's almost 10 years old. That's mm-hmm. uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah, this seemed like a good, you know, if we're gonna do a rom com, might as well do a good one. And, and I would, and, I would uh, say that it is a rom com. It is a romantic movie, and it is quite funny. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, yeah, but it's like it, it, I feel like it's more than a rom com. Like you, when I think when people, I think rom coms get a bad rap, yeah. especially. I mean, I think they're coming back actually. Now, now that having just said that, I think. There was a period probably from mid-2000s or to 2000s. I would say the early 2000s where it was just a lot of like bad yeah. rom-coms. Or like mm-hmm. rom-coms are just like, you know, and they were like cookie cutter sort of deals. Really that vanilla, people, quite lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forgettable yeah. Mm-hmm. type stuff. Uh, and then I think recently they've been big getting better and more interesting yeah and I, I really enjoyed this one and i thought it was a good one i would so, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would agree with you on that because i think rom-com is often used in, in a um, derogatory sense. way yeah pejorative yeah mm-hmm. and i don't think that that just because a movie is a rom-com means that it's trash or vice versa that all rom-coms have to be trash some are good yeah. quite a lot are bad yeah and uh i i saw this film in theaters and loved it i bought it when it came out and have watched it many times since and i think it's a delightful movie mm-hmm. i definitely didn't see it in the i don't know how i came across the movie but it took me by surprise because i was like i'm saying i because this is by you know the same guy you know did i know the same guy i know richard curtis had done a bunch of rom-coms since or you know he had done a bunch of stuff like this before this movie came out and so this movie well, took me by surprise. So, so Richard Curtis is best known for Mr. Bean, Love Actually, Notting Hill, this, and... Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And there's another one that's, um, I am blanking, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, Pirate Radio, which oh. is a, also really, really wonderful, uh, really fun movie. Richard Curtis also wrote one of one of the best standout episodes of Doctor Who. Which one? Vincent Ooh. and the Doctor. Oh, that's... Oh, he did? Yeah. That is... One of the the best Doctor Who episodes, which also features yeah, one Mr. Is. Bill Nye. Yes. Ah, I see the connection. Yep, yep, very yep. nice. So anyway, I, I love Bill Nye is also very good in this movie. Yes, I think this might have been the first time where this probably wasn't the first movie that I, like I've seen him in because he's, he's just a prolific actor and he's done so many things. Right. But this is the first time where I was like, who is this actor? Really? And I need to, yeah. Because for, yeah. for me, the f- the first time that I became aware of the brilliance of Bill Nye was uh, Shaun of the Dead. See, no, yes. see, I, I had saw Shaun of the Dead and I knew I liked the movie yeah. and I liked his performance in it, yep. but it didn't stand out to me. Like, it wasn't, it was funny the way that the, the whole movie is funny. The whole cast is great. Yeah. In that movie, I wasn't really until this movie where I was like, "Oh, Bill Nye. Okay, that's this guy. Okay, that's the guy." Because I mean, he, you know, I've seen, you know, he's he's like you say, he's in everything. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Harry Potter. He's uh he's in everything. He's a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh-huh. Like he's everywhere. And oh. so like I always knew him as the you know the character actor. Hey, it's that guy. And then this movie I think was, was specifically where I was like, this actor's really good. And it's it's Bill, Bill Nye. Okay, I'm gonna remember that. You know, it's funny mm-hmm. that you mentioned Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because I, I quite love. Is that the that very movie. end? Yeah. And and yeah, he's uh, Slaughter Bartfast. I do love that movie too. I think it's a good. Movie. It's a it's a great movie. It's it's I think it's a a really fair. Well, I know people don't like it because it's different from the book. Like the ending specifically is like much different. But from it's the book. A much but better ending than the book. Possibly, I haven't read the books, mm. so I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, but so I, all I've ever seen is the movie, and the movie is fucking fantastic. It's wonderful, and I'd actually forgotten about that because I think going before Shaun of the Dead, so I'm pretty sure that came out before Shaun of the Dead, or maybe no, it didn't. Maybe around the same time. No, Shaun of the Dead was like 2003, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then and then Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was 2005. No, 2003. It was no 2000. Now I gotta find out when Shaun of the Dead was. 2004. 
So it was right before. So ah, I still I still feel yeah. good about that. That I was the first time I was aware of Bill Nye was. Yeah. No, he's but he's amazing in this movie. Yeah, he is. Besides this being a besides this is a Bill Nye appreciation podcast. I think uh, <laughs> everything should be it's a turning Bill into Nye appreciation. <laughs> yeah, but Johnny, so you're not sure how you saw this film, but it just. Uh, uh, it came upon you on a midnight clear yeah yeah exactly it was i don't know i think somebody recommended it to me mm. and i was like really somebody who i didn't expect to like recommend a rom-com mm. recommended it to me i don't remember who it was like a big hairy biker named sid and he's like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i was like me. really sid and i was like all right no i trust you sid <laughs> um so so I, I on their recommendation i watched it and i i really wish i remember who it was and it, it, it was like joe said delightful yeah. it was it took mm-hmm. me by surprise and i was like this is an amazing this is a good movie mm-hmm. you know and amy amy what do you what do you yeah what's your experience with this movie nothing um nothing. when you first said like first and mentioned this i had thought that it was a totally different movie that i had seen which i looked it up and it's love rosie with sam claflin and uh, lily collins that's it's familiar. basically it i think it's just like Lily Collins, it is a pure, straight-up romantic comedy. See, I thought you were going to say you confuse this movie with The Time Traveler's Wife, which is another rom-com no, time-traveling thing which with Rachel McAdams. Yeah, and I've so, never seen... Like, why would I have seen that? Because I, I don't like rom-coms. And conceivably... I don't know. A third time that Rachel McAdams was in love with a time traveler, Doctor Strange. Some women just end up getting in these loops of relationships in her in Rachel McAdams case it's time travelers <laughs> but yeah i and i that's i really thought it was for some reason love rosie but after looking it up i had never seen this i think my sister maybe recommended it to me i never watched it the only thing i know about it is donald gleason's in it and rachel mcadams is in it and bill yep. nye that <laughs> And, and Bill now, Nye, now, now Bill Nye. Nye. But that Donald Gleason's really the only thing I'm excited about for it because it's I do not like rom coms, not because they're trash, but I just do not like romance movies either. Right. I'm not a huge she fan hates of romance. Romance. Well right? the thing is is I If you're trying to sweep her off her feet, you better stop. All right. <laughs> Those feet are bolted to the ground. Those yeah, they are they are. I see I think the thing is the reason why I saw this movie in theaters is because one is Richard Curtis, and I trust him, and I like him. Mm-hmm. I like him as a human being. I respect him as an artist. So that already had me on board. And then it's treatment of time travel, which I always think is... Anytime travel, time travel shows up really in any sort of media, I'm excited. And so mm-hmm. um, I was I was happy about that it looked like an interesting way to to tell a story to tell a, to tell a romantic comedy so uh, there were a lot of other things built in and it just sort of the if it was also a good romantic movie then all the better that was kind of how mm. i how i approached it and so i think hopefully amy that that will make it a little more palatable to you going in i'll try i <laughs> i really have a huge barrier set up on any romantic or romance new movies okay all right well let's see let's see if uh cute donald gleason and rachel mcadams can chip away even just a little bit chip away that cold cold heart of yours i amy. have the grinch's heart before Chris happens three so. sizes too small yeah all right you get that checked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah circulation problems before we watch the movie a quick word from our sponsors and now our feature presentation and we're back we are back all right amy we are full I'm, of romance romance is in hurt. the air let's go amy what are your thoughts okay so it is less of a rom-com than I expected 
expected it to be, which mm-hmm. is good. But but as Joe pointed out at the beginning, because it is still a romantic movie and a f- comedic movie, it's funny. So it's like yeah, it's but 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 but, uh, he, but to me, I think the thing about it that I enjoyed, like it's this is spoiling my hold up. Like, will it hold up at the end? But. The thing about it, I will probably never watch this again, but I enjoyed it while I was watching it. I think the thing for me about it that I enjoyed was the fact that Donald Gleason's character is very much centered around his family, and his it's a lot of less, ro- it's not less romantic love for Rachel McAdams' character, but it's a lot about his love for his family and his want to protect them. Yeah, it's a depiction At of- the beginning, they talk about how his dad used his time travel to read a lot of books Mm -hmm. and he uses his time travel after he gets with rachel mcadams character to save his family Mm -hmm. yeah because so yeah i do so one of the things about this movie that i really like uh and i couldn't really put my finger on it before but rewatching it again i have like a better i think i think i can articulate it a little better is that you're right amy that there's like there's like the first part of the movie Mm -hmm. which is sort of like your traditional rom-com setup you know yeah i kept waiting for the shoe to drop like when he goes to the hotel room with margot robbie i was like oh he's going to screw up he's going to sleep with her and then he's going to have to go back in time and fix things with which 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 bringing up that scene that's the one part i mean this movie is i mean it's sort of like a fantasy movie with time travel (laughs) but that is the one thing where i'm like if you can if you could if you could it is yeah if you could if any man could sleep with rob margot robbie and like have it just not ruin their current relationship they would. I mean, yeah. like, any, not, not even man. I think anybody would. Yeah, <laughs> I me. think and if you had, yeah, exactly. Even you, Amy. Even you who hates romance, you would be like, yeah, nah, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So that is the one scene where I'm like, this would never happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like Rachel McAdams, but is great but, and all, your, but nah. Yeah. But nah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would still go back to Rachel McAdams, but you wouldn't pass up the opportunity to just leave with Margot Robbie. Is what I'm saying. Especially if you could just take, if you could just go back in time and not do it. Well, but you know you, yeah. you'd know that you'd always done it. Yeah. And that would yeah, eat away at you. But you would also yeah. be like, hey, I slept with Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> and that would build it's, you, you know, back it's up. one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing I was I was gonna say, so like the first part is like traditional rom com setup. They have the little meet cute and they have their problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then like once he gets with her, it becomes more like about living his life. It yeah. becomes more yeah. about like it becomes more about like a life movie. That's I think very much mm-hmm. what I liked about it. I think the last my last thought in my notes is the message of living each day as if you had gone back to relive it, that, like, really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. That line he says, yeah. what my dad really taught me was it's more about living your life. Like, you can go back or, like, you are living it the day you go back to relive it. Mm-hmm. He was using it initially just to, like, relive the same day again to, like, appreciate, which I fucking love yeah, that scene where he, where, he, where he goes back. Because it is so true. Like, today, like, I was walking my dog, you know, and I usually always have, like, headphones in and, like, music playing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a nice warm day out. I'd been stuck in here all day working. And just, like, having the sun was shining, the sky was blue, the trees were green. Shit was beautiful, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't, I don't appreciate it as much. Like mm-hmm. as much as I should, I feel like, and that's kind of like the mess. That's the mess. That's the message of this movie. And when I was walking the dog, I was thinking about that. So I was like, "Yeah, you, you go about your day, and there's so much on your mind mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. don't take the time to appreciate the little things." That's the thing that I do love about this movie. It's got such a good message, and it's beautifully, it's just wonderfully told. Yeah. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like especially 
like how you're saying with with walking your dog so much of what we do every day is based on some end result for you it's like you got to walk serious and make sure he goes to the bathroom and that's mm-hmm. the mission that's the mission of the walk yeah and so much of our lives are those missions without realizing that we can still like you said look around appreciate where we are yeah in the moment pretty much yeah. like yeah it was walking around a neighborhood and you you know it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. It was, I don't know. It was, it was one th- it was something like you're like, oh yeah, sometimes you got to stop, you know. Yeah. Stop, stop and smell the roses. Isn't it? What, yeah. what, what film is it where, um, it's uh, Ferris Bueller. Life moves pretty fast. And if you don't yeah, stop yeah. every mm-hmm. now and then you're going to miss it. Yeah. yeah. No, I love this movie. I loved it then. I love it now. The, uh, there's so much that kind of, as I get older, applies more. Mm-hmm. Th- there's this bit where the bit where he says, um, nothing can pre- prepare you for having children and nothing can prepare you for the indifference of friends who don't have <laughs> And yeah. right now and forever, Sarah and I are on the indifferent friends who don't have children side of things. And mm-hmm. that had never sort of... I'd never thought about it before, you know, certainly not almost 10 years ago when I first saw it. Yeah. And as more of our friends are starting to have kids, we're, we're seeing that, mm-hmm. that new gulf up here. And uh, the bit where he goes to his dad, basically, to see him for the last time, even time travel was standing because he can't do it anymore now that he's got this other kid on the way. And they have one last hangout together is really, really mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they go both go back in time and he's like a little kid. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, like, and it is it is sweet. And you finally learn that <laughs> like a, that's why his dad retired early because he knew about the cancer ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he retired early and he to wanted spend to spend it more with more time with his family and reading books. And that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. There is some part of it, the part where so after the meet cute, after he meets Rachel McAdam in, in dark, that restaurant. In the dark restaurant. <laughs> In the dark restaurant, <laughs> they have a little meet cute, and he gets her number. Um, and then he has to go back in time to save like his friend or whatever. Yeah. That part is a little cringy when he's basically yeah. trying to use all of his information that he knows about her to get her to fall in love with him. Yeah. When he's in the um, when he's in the Kate Moss exhibit, <laughs> and uh, oh man, when he approaches her and he's like, "Hi!" He's like so excited to see her because he's been waiting for her to come this whole time, and she just like has no idea who she is, who yeah. he is, obviously. Yeah. And he's like totally creepy. I was like, in real life, like if this. Well, and then at the party where he's just, he just like blurts out, "Let's talk about Kate Moss." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he he you know it's 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 a bit of like I think gaslighting might be the the the, the popular term, uh, the, and I think uh, it applies I don't here. Know if it would apply to but that specifically. It's it's. It's manipulative for sure. It is manipulative. You're, you're you're right, but it feels innocently manipulative in the same way that people put on sort of their their best show for like a first date, or first few dates, really. Yeah. Yeah. After like googling and like stalking the social media kind of thing. Well, I never did that. Yeah. But well, I mean, we Joe, we aren't like ancient like you and have been in a really <laughs> long term relationship. This is true. <laughs> But, but, um, but yeah, or, or even just, you know, you try to, you be, you're on the first few dates more open than maybe you normally would be. You're more willing to hear about or try more things than, than you might Mm. normally be. And then, you know, the veneer comes off, but (laughs) I I, I definitely felt that that wasn't as cringy. I thought it was, it was more funny because you just see him crash and burn, crash and burn, crash and burn every time he tries to force this thing that was so effortless the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, it was just something that like came into my mind especially with like you know the discourse that's going on today about you know relationships and shit like that Mm -hmm. i did i did i viewed it from a different angle that i'd never i'd seen this movie a bunch of times and i've never really thought about it that way Mm -hmm. but i mean Mm -hmm. you overlook it and you get past it because one it is funny it's very funny and it is sweet and they did have that meet cute 
originally. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it, I think it'd be a different story if, like, he they didn't have that. And he just, like, saw her or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then, and then started doing all that shit. Uh-huh. That's creepy. Yeah. He's, that's, that's not he's good. Just but they did to... have a... Yeah, he's just trying to get back what he lost originally. Exactly. Just to um, get back to that first point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and I, I do appreciate when he has... To, when he goes back in time to... Um, to do the sex better oh yeah, yeah. That, that scene was is, kind is of that good. was that was a funny rom-com moment yeah. but, just the pan the, the pan of like the, the pan down from the bed because like it just keeps coming back to the them in bed you yeah, know after yeah. the sex or whatever and then the third time and they're not they're not even in they're the bed the and, and it just pans down to the floor yeah. <laughs> especially when he does anything the second uh, time so and she's like what do you mean that was pretty good it's like i think i could do better we gotta do this over again uh, yeah, it's pretty. That good. was pretty great. The proposal scene, though, I think is a really good one, just because if I were to ever be proposed to, that's how I would want to be proposed to, because mm-hmm. my bed is my favorite place. Yeah, and I was like in, di- in, in, in while you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, if it happened at Disney World or Disneyland or Harry Potter World, it'd be too public. It's be like yeah. everybody's there. But the, yeah, the, in bed by myself. So you know what's funny is, um, firstly, I am not a fan of the public proposal. I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. pressure because what if she's not ready? What if the answer is indeed no? So I'm not a fan of the public proposal, and certainly in at Disneyland or Disney World, that's one thing. But when it's in front of a group of friends and family, I think that's even worse. Frank, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's just a, that's a lot of pressure. But um, the the proposal in bed, this couple friend of mine who are still together have been for a long time. They had just moved into their house, you know, several several days of moving. They were exhausted, you know, the the full over body ache you only get from lifting all of your possessions <laughs> repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, uh, and I think they'd had pizza because you know nothing was unpacked. That's yet. what you do. That's yeah, what you do. do. Mm-hmm. And so she was sitting in bed, and I think they were gonna getting ready to go to sleep or something. Thing and they were, they were both in bed and then he asked her and she said her first thought was oh my god i'm not wearing a bra <laughs> i was like I'm, I'm, I'm in bed and i'm not wearing a bra this is how it's happening this is how i'm getting asked and it was yeah. and, 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 and it was it was fine and she's and she's glad but it was not how she expected it to go and, and well i think yeah yeah because one of the things i think especially as men we think oh if we're gonna propose it's got to be a big grand gesture like a big yeah. thing mm-hmm. yeah, a big grand gesture and especially rom-coms you know for the most part reinforce that idea which is one of the reasons why i hate rom-coms I mean, it's yeah. making all of these things that not everyone cares about or wants the norm yeah some people it, it, want a huge flash mob proposal i don't mm-hmm. i want to lay in bed and eat chips well, yeah, but that's, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. this movie is kind of, you know, it sort of, it, um, God damn it, what's the word? Um, Turns it on its head? Yeah, it, um, I, I would say it, it makes, flips your expectations. Yeah, it makes, it yeah. makes room for the, the realities of life and how things mm-hmm. are not often perfect, even with time travel. Yes. Yeah. Which is basically what, what Bill Nye's whole, that's his whole point in the movie. And his whole, as like a father, he's like, he's like, you have this gift yeah. and it'll help you with a lot of stuff, but it, it won't fix everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even at the beginning with the Margot Robbie scene where, where, you know, he first meets her and he like tries at the end, at the, when she's about to leave uh-huh. and she, she tries at like, you know, sometime earlier. And he's like, the first lesson I learned is no amount of time travel can make someone love you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like, yeah, he has his power, but it's, it's got its limits, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the rules that are involved in this in the time travel in this movie too really I I, I love yeah the, when he tries to save his sister and then he 
comes home to a different kid and then he yeah. goes and asks his dad and he's like oh hmm, okay tough and he undoes it and says and basically has to go the slow way to help his sister yeah uh, yeah and I thought which that i think wonderful. is sweeter because i think yeah. it's a more earned kind yes. of saving yes yeah. Definitely. He can't fix all of her mistakes for her. Right. She has to learn and make those mistakes to get to where she needs to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, one kind of small weird thing that to me, and this kind of ties in with what we were talking about in our talking trailers, it was very strange to me because I watch Harry Potter like once every week or whatever, whenever it's playing on TV, to see Bill Weasley talking to Vernon Dursley and his father is Rufus Grimgeour. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I forgot British that, people. I forgot that Richard <laughs> Griffiths is in there, and it's and then. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He's yeah. in there for a very hot second. <laughs> yeah, the the late great Richard Griffiths. Uh, and yeah, then, and such then, a wonderful gent. And then meanwhile, um, the the evil the evil man from the East India Trading Company and pirates, Tom Hollander, is his mean sarcastic. <laughs> I wanted more Tom Hollander in this. I I really wish we had gotten more Tom Hollander in he's this. So even though there was quite a bit, like quite a bit of him. Yeah, it would have been so he's fun to so see more. He's so great. He's He's pretty fucking good. He's so pissed about everything, and I love it. And he does it so so well. Also, I kind of yeah, wish yeah. we did get more Richard E. Grant and Richard Griffiths, just because they're also both fantastic. I love Richard E. Grant. Yeah, absolutely. It's I I there's yeah. there's there's obviously um, a f just just by nature of England being a much smaller continent perhaps even an island if you will um there's a i think there's a smaller group of smaller pool of actors they all know each other they're all friends i think as small as this town can be england is probably mm -hmm. even smaller and so i love seeing all of these people that that we love from other things spring up and do these little tiny bits and in, in other things that uh kind of it kind of makes it feel like a community in a in a way yeah like yeah, right? <laughs> richard e grant though is one of the few british actors who was never in harry potter well uh, funny enough um, same with Tom Hollander. He's pretty high profile and he's not in Harry Potter either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, cause I, it, that's almost, it's, it feels like if you haven't been in Harry Potter, you've been in Doctor Who. And if you haven't been in either, then where the hell have you been? <laughs> then you're when, not British. When was Tom Hollander in Doctor Who? He wasn't as far I know as when I know. Richard e, he hasn't? No, not as far as I know. Because I know Richard E. Grant was in the like. Yeah, he was the great the, intelligence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. I feel like, what if he's our new doctor? Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. The doctor. I don't know how I feel short. about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's too high pro. He's too high profile to be the new doctor. I, I mean, think. the thing is, is he actually probably would be a good doctor because he can he can play an asshole so effectively, and there is a, a section, a part of the doctor's personality that is that. But uh, but he he definitely yeah. feels more like a, a guest spot in an episode or a special. Yeah. He does. Yeah, that would be the funny. villain. But yeah, I feel like it's true. If you, you haven't been in Doctor Who, then you've been in Harry Potter. And if you haven't been in either, then you were not at the right parties. Yeah. <laughs> you or have maybe a very he's, terrible Maybe Tom manager. Hollander is just, you know, I don't want to be in Doctor Who. I don't want to be... Was he in Sherlock? I don't I know that he was in Sherlock either. either. But Sherlock was much shorter. It was only like four series. True. Anyways, we're getting off track. Yes. Um... Donald Gleason in this is so adorable. That was my very first note was he's the most adorable lead in a romantic comedy ever. Yeah, he's 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 great. And you know you know what actually was funny? I feel you said that it was weird seeing Bill Weasley. Mm -hmm. Um and meanwhile, I feel like he visually looked a little bit more like uh was the name Admiral Hux, General Hux from yeah. Star Wars. General so, Hux, yeah. So I was actually a little 
his he's he's taken over his, the in prominence that role has taken over anything else that he's done and so that's what i was i thinking. forget that he's in star wars though until you just mentioned it i'm like mm-hmm. oh that's right yeah. he is in yeah. star wars yeah i mean that guy's he's in a lot of movies he's in a lot of movies and the thing is is without without having to resort to drastic physical changes i think he does a nice mm-hmm. job of subtly conveying you know these different character traits and that he can be both yeah. adorable like he is here mm-hmm. or sweet like he is as bill weasley even if we don't get to see him that much but then he can also be a real prick like hux or like um who he was wasn't in peter he rabbit. The, like yeah i was just gonna say he was the bad like not the bad guy but the boyfriend in peter rabbit yeah, he's, he's the antagonist in peter rabbit but then in the sequel he's not and so you can yeah. you can see that he's got this range of he can do both things really convincingly mm-hmm. he sort of what does it get mm-hmm. yourself a guy that can do both he can be both the, the the leading man and the asshole oh there's also another harry potter reference in here um when they're picking out the stuff for the wedding rachel mcadams calls the priest hagrid yeah <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. Is. so much harry potter and rachel mcadams i, I feel like I, we haven't given because we've, we've talked about how margot robbie is apparently superior to her in johnny's mind um but we haven't yeah. we haven't talked about how wonderful she is i didn't say superior i just said you would if definitely you had the have choice between margot. margot robbie and rachel mcadams you'd go with margot robbie I mean, there's, a, there's a world where you can keep both, is what I'm saying. There's a world where you can have your cake and eat it too, and that's the world I want to live in. But no, but, Rachel uh, McAdams one to have, is one to hold, fucking... Like, yes, yes, exactly. No, but she, she, I mean, you fall in love with her. Like, I, I mean, Absolutely. Like, and, and you just... And funny enough, she's actually somebody who can do both things, right? Because she's she so is terrible. a comedic genius. She's comedic genius. She's she's yeah. terrible in uh, Mean Girls. I mean, she's Regina George. Yeah, yeah. And then and then this character feels mm-hmm. like I mean, like it's literally the opposite of Regina. Person. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And um and she's she's but they both feel real. They do. They both mm-hmm. feel, yeah. like they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh at that that whole scene where she's trying on all the different clothes. That's <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lived that scene where I'm <laughs> trying on all these clothes and Sarah's not giving me anything. It's terrible. And you just end up wearing the one that the first one that you put on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the dogs are just making beds out of all of the clothes that are thrown on the floor. That's that you're not wrong. Oso he makes a little <laughs> Oso nest and he out of a blanket, clothes, anything that's on the floor, he'll make a little nest out. Of it. That is adorable. <laughs> um, the soundtrack in this is killer. It's yes. banging. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's got it's got a lot of really good tracks. And I, you know, what I never really paid attention to. So when he's when when he's talking about first getting to know or first starting to date Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can sort of tell the time period by the music that's playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like at the beginning of the story where he's, where he's talking about the New Year's Eve party, there's the killers playing yeah. and then yeah. at the roommates uh, Joanna's party where he first where he meets her the second time, uh, there's another song from the mid 2000s playing mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. at the very end of the movie it's not a song but it's the um, iPhone um, alarm that mm-hmm. goes off yeah. and I just thought that was a really cool way of showing different decades time passing basically yeah Yeah. Um, and i had never really caught that before Mm -hmm. you know it all just even though obviously like it's in the past you know he's he's bringing us up to the present where he's at but i just never i just never really caught that and i just thought that was really cool that's an awesome Mm -hmm. that's that's very well spotted i like that a lot yeah i hadn't even thought about that i was just listening to music and i'm like man 
the killers that takes me back to like middle school exactly and 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 i'll say uh also i love the way this is shot uh it mm-hmm. feels really mm-hmm. natural i'm a big fan all of the arts in filmmaking should be invisible right you should never be aware mm-hmm. that a, an actor is a great actor you should just believe who they are and the mm-hmm. editing you should never say wow well, that was that was really well edited you should just think that it flowed without realizing mm-hmm. it and i think the cinematography here is beautiful without feeling like it was lit and shot by somebody yeah. it has a lot of life to it this movie has a lot of light and life and warmth in a way that mm-hmm. i think makes it beautiful without making it feel like a, a commercial for lenses yeah mm-hmm. it's not stylistically beautiful yeah it's just naturally beautiful exactly yeah i was just, just gonna say it, it feels and especially like all of the outdoor scenes mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. very like natural lighting yeah. they just used whatever light was there they didn't set up anything maybe a shade or something to kind of tone it down like a silk yeah or or ultra bounce or something from my experience to get looks like that you actually have to do quite a lot and the fact that it doesn't feel like it is really something Mm -hmm. it's a it's a i think a real so that's uh, a testament to how great they pulled that off because you know there are some beautiful like beautiful shots like his family's just house in in cornwall or wherever that's supposed to be Mm -hmm. uh, by the beach is all of that stuff there is fucking gorgeous like how like it's just fucking amazing it's idyllic Mm -hmm. in a way that i think sort of feels like fairy tale-ish yeah it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, are you guys ready for some fun facts? Yes, go for it. Uh, one of the fun facts I found, Joe did three quarters of the way spoil before <laughs> we started watching the movie. With Johnny's help. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. One of four movies in which Rachel McAdams stars as the love interest of a time traveler. Mm-hmm. So Joe mentioned two of them, Time Traveler's Wife well, and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, in Time Traveler's Wife, she plays the wife of Eric Bana's character. Mm-hmm. And then in Midnight in Paris, she plays the fiance of Owen Wilson's oh, character. Oh shit, I didn't even think about midnight in paris you're Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. wow that's another great movie yeah that is a good movie i refuse to watch that because isn't that a woody allen movie it is it is woody allen it is but he's not in it so it's at least easier to digest i I haven't enjoyed a single woody allen movie you're insane but I mean, you know what? I guess not. I suppose if you already know the no, terrible and it's stuff not. That it, a, I don't enjoy it because of Woody Allen and what he's done. That that helps in my disenjoyment of it. But I have not enjoyed Woody Allen's films with him in it or without him in it. Annie Hall is amazing. Annie Hall's I great. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And, Annie Hall's fucking amazing. And it's maybe not one of his best, but Scoop is a lot of fun. It's very cute. Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. That one's that one. I just don't like the way he writes characters. Right, to each their own, yeah. man. And I think you're missing out. But you know. But in None of these movies does McAdams' character get to participate in time travel herself. In both About Time and The Time Traveler's Wife, she's proposed to in the exact same way in bed. Ah, look at that. It's really specific kind of typecasting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who should we have as this time traveler's wife? Let's get Rachel on the phone. uh, yeah. She was in that movie, right? <laughs> uh, well, Time Traveler's Wife came out before four, five years before this, mm-hmm. and then Midnight in mm-hmm. Paris came out two years before this. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Two and years then before? Doctor Strange came out in 2016, huh. so three years. Wow! I wonder yeah. what what she'll but be doing next. Doctor Strange doesn't specifically time travel, does he? Well, he's got the eye he's of a Akimoto, time so manipulating he... doctor. Is what the, oh, yeah. this says. It's a, she's she okay. stars as Doctor does, Strange, yeah. a time manipulating doctor's love interest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But not Doctor Who. <laughs> she's not in Doctor Who, but that's because she's Canadian. That part of the Commonwealth, I think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> they got the, they have the Queen on the money, yeah, so yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Um, Richard Griffith's last movie, which makes me sad to think about, yeah. but this was his oh. last film. Yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. look, you know, 
tip top. He was always a big man, but he looked, I think, yeah, especially yeah he, but he big. looks especially huge in this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my final fun fact before the single recasting, and this one is probably one that I think is the most funny. Uh, Bill Nike's line to Donald Gleason, you can't kill Hitler or shag Helen of Troy, is a real fun fact for movie aficionados for at least two reasons. First, Bill Nike played General Friedrich Ulbreich in Valkyrie, which is a dramatization of the assassination attempt on Hitler. Good and movie. then second, Brendan Gleason, Donald's father, played Minilus. I cannot pronounce that. Uh, the King of Sparta Menelias. and the husband of Helen of Troy. Yeah, yeah. the movie Troy. Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. another good movie that I like. That one. Mm. But Brad Pitt's really good in it. And so is Eric Bana. And Sean Bean. Let's not forget. He's Odysseus. Oh, yeah. He is. Fun, funny story about Troy. When I used to work at a... Uh, I worked at a blockbuster after I worked at a Hollywood video. And uh, I remember this guy... Traitor. This, I know. This guy came in <laughs> and it, he was like handsome, handsome dude with his good looking, I, I think probably first or second date. And, uh, and they were going around the new release wall and he was pointing out what all of the movies were about as if that's some kind of trick. The wall was in alphabetical order and the end of the alphabet was kind of near our desk. And he got to Troy and he's like, oh yeah, so this movie, dig this, it's about a guy called Troy. <laughs> <laughs> And she was, that, 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 that's, that was his opening. That was his that's opening. And she was like, oh, wow, you're so smart. <laughs> she bought it. Um, but I have a recasting, and I don't know how I feel about this. I want to see how you guys feel about this. For Mary, uh -huh. Zoe Deschanel was originally cast, but had a dropout due to scheduling conflicts, oh. and then Rachel McAdams was cast. Interesting. Hmm. I and this, was, this is post 500 Days of Summer, I think right before she started New Girl. No, this is after New Girl. New Girl started in 2011. This was 2015. Did it really? God, it's been mm -hmm. 10 years since New Girl mm -hmm. started? Yeah. Oh my God. So, I love Zoe Deschanel, and I love New Girl, and I think it's great, but I can't... There's always something that's a little bit untouchable about her. She's a little snarky. Not snarky, but like, untouchable, I suppose, Re like, is it's, a it's good this, word. There's, this, like, there's something reserved, like, no matter how maybe open she would be, she's always reserving just a little bit for herself in such that's a way that... That's that manic pixie dream girl energy she has. Yeah, and ultimately as much as that is alluring only bad things can come from that whereas Rachel McAdams she feels like all of her cards are on the table she's an open yeah. genuine yeah. honest she's person. genuine who yeah who who you you see what you what you see is what you get yeah sort of yeah thing. and then yeah, she's, I think if Zoe Deschanel was in this I would be picturing the summer version of her uh, where it's you know she's well she's not she, she doesn't believe in love she is just there for the fun of it like the fun of their relationship and then she leaves once it gets boring or she doesn't really want it anymore like madeline khan and uh, clue she believes that men should be like kleenex soft strong and disposable <laughs> yeah that is basically nice. summer's entire prerogative in that movie yeah. that's her whole train of thought but yeah no i think i think you could really only have rachel mcadams yeah Somebody, yeah, somebody I don't think girls. that there's... Yeah, like we were talking about it. You don't think, oh, it's Rachel McAdams. And you're just like, oh, it's this girl. It's mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. person. She like embodies that person quite well. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I could see anybody else playing that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we all know what we're going to say, but does it hold up? Absolutely. This is a wonderful movie. It does. I was a little nervous. I totally forgot. When, when you said that this is the movie, I like totally forgot that I had brought it up. And I was like, huh. Because I know you don't like rom-coms. So mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder if this is going to suck. <laughs> I hadn't seen it in such a long time. Well, you like, know, I think you had brought it up when we did Love Actually for Valentine's Day last year. Uh, we did Love Actually for we New Year's. We did it for New Year's. Uh, no, uh, yeah, New Year's. Yeah. It wasn't Valentine's same, Day. Same time frame, you know. <laughs> I mean, whole different months, but okay. What does time matter in the past two years? <laughs> I, I will point out, I think, I think what's great about this movie and what is great about 
in my opinion, all of Richard Curtis's stuff, including even up to the movie Yesterday, which is great if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. I do love Yesterday. Yesterday's yeah. Wait, that was Richard Curtis? Uh -huh. He wrote it, Billy... Um, uh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. He, he didn't direct it. Um, no, what's his name? I, I don't know his name. Uh, oh, God. Hold on. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Joe, Joe's having a mental breakdown. We're losing Joe. What's, what is happening to Joe? Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Uh, Danny Boyle. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's but right. That's Richard right. Curtis okay. wrote. I was like, somebody else. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great movie. movie. Um, and I think what Richard Curtis does really well is a specific form of magical realism that I love. Generally, magical realism is something that I hate because there's magical elements that have no impact on the story whatsoever. They're just like a, a thing that is environmental yeah. happenstance in the world is that why you hate Encanto uh, it's a big part of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I was, what I was going to say is is the magical realism that happens in the Richard Curtis films is an integral part of these stories mm -hmm. and it's a oftentimes not a flashy kind of magic but it's something yeah. that is um, sort of ground it's like ground level magic it's something that that feels natural in this world yeah it feels like it's something if it were to happen in reality it would happen this way yeah and everything Everything else is the same except for this one thing, this one strange yeah. thing. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I love that about his work. That's one of my favorite things about, like, my favorite scenes in Yesterday is him Googling Beatles. Yeah. And it's just pictures <laughs> of Beatles popping up. And then he types, but then he, like, it's like Harry Potter and it, it doesn't, it's, uh, and Harry Potter, it does, does Harry Potter it doesn't exist, right, in that universe? I can't remember. It's, I haven't seen it's Yesterday the, since it, I think it was on Hulu for, like, a hot second. Yeah, because it's at the very end. And that was, like, years ago. It's at the very end and he says, something about harry potter and they're like who and he goes oh. <laughs> <laughs> well at least if that happened he could become a better jk rowling yeah <laughs> not hard to do yeah yeah anyway amy how about you does this did this do anything for your three times too small heart it, i think it grew an extra size okay but not for the room <laughs> and not in the romance side of my heart well, because <laughs> in the, like the family love. It's the love, yeah. Because I know you. Do, I know you guys didn't like Love Actually, but Love Actually is about love in all these different ways. Love, like platonic mm -hmm. love, romantic love, love mm -hmm. for your child, love for your parents, love for a uh, sibling. You know, love in between friends. And this movie similarly is is love for his father, love for his sister, love for his family, love for his children mm -hmm. and his wife. And it is like Johnny said, it's, it becomes a life movie. It's a rom. It's life mantic. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we can mix riff, those up. Rom romance and life. Rolf. No. But anyway, it is. I don't, it is I don't think you're going to get it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it is. It is more than a romantic comedy. Is what, yeah. Is what I think. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think I'd watch it again. But I enjoyed my time. I did have watching it. Really? I mean, I think you. I. I you should definitely watch it again. I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. See. Yeah. 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 That's how I was the first time I watched it. So I'll take it. So good talk, guys. We did it. Well, guys, listener, happy Valentine's Day. Let us know what you think of About Time. If you have not watched it, take it from someone who hates romantic comedies and go watch it. You will be surprised. And it's on Netflix yeah. right now. And don't it forget is. to take a little bit of time every now and then. Take yes. a little bit of time. Uh, appreciate your surroundings. Appreciate, hug your loved ones, hug your pets. Tell them you love them. Don't forget to be kind and rewind. I'm not even going to do the social media stuff because I forgot about it anyways. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>